Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. This is Jessica, and uh, I have KJ and Taylor here. Do you guys want to say hi? Oh, hello. hello. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, they had to like unmute, but I surprised them. I'm so sorry, guys. But we're all here. We are so happy to be here with you on this Monday morning for you. It's a Thursday night for us, so it's interesting. We should do live podcasts. Would you guys want that? I'm totally joking. We're not doing live podcasts. <laughs> do you want to know how long it took us to get to the point of recording tonight? You guys would be like, Just is this hour. what you do for three hours before you record? <laughs> no such thing as a live podcast. Anyway, we are happy to have you here. And today we are talking about parenting and triggers. Basically just like managing your triggers in a way that does not cause undue tension between you and your children. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's minimize that distress and make parenting a little bit not easier. I, I would say this concept does not make parenting easier, but it does help you see your child as more of like a whole person and have a lot more compassion for your child and then also have a lot more compassion for yourself. But I do feel like this is not, an episode where we're like, here's a great trick for managing your triggers and making it easier. I think this is more about actually like understanding your triggers mm-hmm. and having an opportunity to like be more self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. To like slow down before you react. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's start. The reason we came up with this idea was because Taylor had in an incident mm-hmm. incidize. Mm-hmm. There was multiple incidents. Multiple. <laughs> yeah. There's none. <laughs> I knew it wasn't a word, but it just like came out as like such a wrong word. It, yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be that far off. <laughs> so anyways, Taylor, tell us about what happened with Boone. Yes. So there are lots of, what did we settle on? Incidences? Incidents? Incidents. Now I'm thinking about it too much and I feel like I can't say it properly. Yeah. Yeah, So basically what happens is this happens fairly regularly is I experience something as a parent and then I immediately reach out to Bot and KJ for parenting advice. Mostly just some validation to help. Because we have a podcast, so people trust us. We do. That's Mm -hmm. why. Yes, yes, yes. So what was happening is it was happening at nighttime and it was with my son. And so what we do as a family is we eat dinner and then it's part of our family culture to clean up together. So like all of our kids, we have like different jobs and everybody does a job. And once we do all of our jobs, we have dessert together and then we continue on the bedtime routine. So the issue was that I was having was that my son wasn't wanting to clean up. And for some reason, it was really, really 
difficult for me because I'd be like, all right, like, come on, man, like, let's go. And I'd use humor and we'd use music. We'd do all the little things to kind of engage him and bring him in. And he's just like, no, no, I don't want to, no. And then I started getting really upset because it was happening like not just one time, but over the course of probably like a week, a week and a half. Um, and it was, I started to get really uh, anxious about it and incredibly anxious because I was like, this is part of our culture and we, we're real like, we're big like Team Thomas, like, we're, you know, like um, everybody has to be like a team player and we work together and we work for each other and this is part of our culture and he doesn't want to be a part of the family and what if he doesn't value that? I was getting really, really kind of like catastrophizing the situation. So that's when I jump on Marco Polo to body cage and I'm like, you guys, you know, my son isn't wanting to do this and he won't do that. Like, what does this mean? How do I help him? How do I engage him? Like, please help me. And then um, Jessica started kind of like walking me through this to the point where it wasn't so much about his behaviors or his attitudes mm -hmm. or his idea about our family or how much he cares about us. It was simply about the fact that he was tired and didn't want to do a chore. Mm -hmm. And then she like led me in the direction of, but why are you feeling so many things about this? Mm -hmm. And that's how this podcast came about. And here we are, right? Mm -hmm. Because truly, nine out of 10 times when something is happening with your child and it really bothers you and you're having a reaction to it, nine times out of 10, it's all of your own stuff that's being triggered in some way, in some form. And it's really fun to be a parent and be triggered by a little human over and over and over again all day long. But that is what happens, you know, where like Taylor is like, he's not going to be a team player. Like I am seeing him down the line, leaving our family and that family is the most important thing to me. So how dare he just like trample on our family values instead of realizing like, oh, I have a child who doesn't want to clean up, period. That's not that big of a deal, you know? That's like a very normal child behavior. And as soon as you can see it, I was like, okay, that's a normal child behavior. I can walk it back and realize maybe for him, it has nothing to do with family values. Maybe he does not care that our family value is Team Taylor. Not, not Team Taylor, Team Thomas. It's Team Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> It's Team Taylor secondary. That's like the the parentheses right yeah. after. It's actually Team Taylor, you know. But like for him, it was never about the values. But for Taylor, it was 100% about those values and him not valuing them too. But that's when we are projecting our own stuff onto kids and being like, well, you should value these things. And it, for him, he's like, I am not old enough to have value in those things. I am old enough to be tired at the end of the day. And I am old enough to want to get out of cleaning in any way that I can. I am old enough to know that I can do that, you know? And so it's just a very interesting shift of, okay, my child is doing something and it bothers me and I'm having a big reaction and I don't know what to do about it. The first question you should be asking is, what is it bringing up in me? What is it triggering? And what do I need to take responsibility for? What do I need to look at, to process through, to understand better? Because truly so much of parenting is just, 
I need to look inward and figure out myself and realize that most of the time my kids' behaviors are just them being a very developmentally normal kid, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like, that was the next step that I had to take. Cause as soon as Jessica started kind of walking me through that, I got to sit back and be like, okay, like, what am I feeling right now? And I was feeling a lot of, I want my children to value our family as much as I do. I want them to work for us. I want them to care for each other. I want them to serve each other. And I was thinking like five years down the line, you know, like what happens when he never wants to be around us or he's not, you know, like a compassionate individual and he's not doing all of those things. And so once, cause I was in that parenting moment where I'm like, I need a fix. I need a solution. I need that one strategy that's going to help him do it. And then I can stop feeling these things. Right, because if I turn on music and he dances and he just does it, then I've solved it and everything's fine. Yes, right? But I can leave him out of the equation and soothe myself by being like, okay, I know that this is – and I think Jessica said this. Maybe it was KJ that said this. It was just kind of like all – like this is going – this it's going to be a part of his culture. Like it's just – that's how his culture is going to be because you guys do it. Like – Mm-hmm. It will be inevitably, right? So I think it was like as long as I just like keep doing these things in our home, as long as I keep reinforcing these things and doing them myself and Logan and I do them together, then that will be a part of his culture. So it's kind of like I can step back now and be like, okay, I can soothe myself. I can comfort myself. I can reassure myself. And then my mm-hmm. energy, and I think that's a big thing. Our triggers increase our energy and the energy in the home and that emotional climate like crazy. Like as when I'm anxious about it, I'm like, hey, come on, man. Like, come on. Like, let's do this. Come on, bud. Like, come on. Like, why aren't you doing this? Right. And that mm-hmm. energy towards him is anything but like helpful to help him do what I want yeah. him to do. Because he's going to respond to that energy. Yeah. He's poorly. like, uh, he's going to no do the opposite, thanks. you know? Yeah. No, thanks, yeah. sis. Your energy is not great right now so when I like step back soothe myself lower my energy and then engage him in like a connective way then it's a completely different experience Mm -hmm. yeah so let's take a like a very common example I was reading my daughter has a Richard Scarry encyclopedia not encyclopedia dictionary and the definitions are so outdated it is comical and one of them is like the word is lie. And so it's like his mom asks him if he did this. He doesn't lie. He tells the truth. Every good boy and girl always tells the truth. They never lie, you know. And I was reading that and I was like, ah. that is like the perception. I think that a lot of parents out there are like, if my child is lying, I'm going to have a huge reaction because they're a liar. They're a cheat. They're a just a bad human that's like a a terrible human thing to do is to lie and they're not putting it into the context of developmentally there's a time where lying is what you want your child to be doing because it's what they should be doing development developmentally right like it is a milestone that they reach is the ability to lie and we should appreciate that they can do that you know and then it's taking a step back and being like okay so if every human on earth lies because they do right 
then why am I having a massive, huge reaction? Well, it's because I'm going down the line and I'm assuming my child's going to be like this, or I'm assuming that they don't respect me and that's why they're lying, or I'm assuming they're a bad person, they're a bad kid, you know, or their lies are going to escalate to the point where I can never trust them. All of this stuff, when really it's just about simple lies, you know, and they're learning and they're growing and you're like, okay, you have to shift your perspective and be like, oh, I have a really good kid. My really good kid is learning how to lie. How do I want to handle a child learning to lie? Because do I want to teach them that lying is a great, wonderful thing to be doing? No, I want to be teaching them that lying is not something that's going to really serve you well in life, right? And so how do I teach that in a way that is not hugely triggering for me to where I'm oftentimes shaming them as a way to stop them from doing this lying behavior? Instead, how can I calm my triggers and be like, okay, this isn't within the realm of normal. How do I want to handle this? Okay, well, I think it would be really smart for me to just not give them an opportunity to lie, you know? So if I know the truth, I'm not going to do the, I'm going to give you one chance to tell the truth. And if you don't tell the truth, you know, whatever, I'm just going to say, okay, I know that you spilled this thing. And so I would like it if you could now do this, you know, instead of coming in and being like, who did this? The child's not, they're never going to be like, I did. They will before they can lie. And I think that's why it's so jarring when they start lying. Cause you're like, oh my gosh, you used to tell me the truth and now you're a liar. But it's taking a step back and being like, okay, I'm making this about me and my fears. And maybe I had a bad experience with this one relationship where that person consistently lied to me. And so I am treating my child as if they are my freshman year boyfriend who consistently lied and cheated on me. And so I'm looking at them like, oh my gosh, you're going to do that to somebody. You are going to hurt them. And so I'm going to have a huge reaction instead of taking a step back and being like, I have a lot more time to parent. I have a lot more time to understand my child. What do I want to do about it? So my best advice for figuring out if something is like triggering you is to take 10 seconds before you respond to a child. If you're having a reaction or redo your reaction. If you like, don't stop yourself and you're all of a sudden yelling, you can always walk it back and be like, I'm so sorry. This is really hard for me for some reason. Let me take a second and decide what I want to say next. Like you can say that it's a, it's allowed, you know, you can always walk things back and you can always pause. Your child might be like, why aren't you talking right now? And you can be like, I'm thinking, you know, and then you have an opportunity to realize like, okay, is this about me? Is this about them? How do I want to respond? You know, all of that kind of internal dialogue can happen in front of your child instead of you feeling like, oh, I need to respond right away. Like they just lied to me. You can be like, okay, you just lied. Let me take 10 seconds to think about how I would like to be responding right now, you know? And then that gives you just a second to like calm down, regroup your thoughts and for me, it's almost always like, I'm going to make a mental note that she did this. And then I'm going to address it the next time it happens. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like the way now I want why, to. Because maybe I don't do know do how that? to do it. Why do you do that? What? 
like well because then because yeah if the the first time it happens i'm just gonna notice it right the second time it happens i'm like okay we're starting to develop a behavior the third time it's a pattern and i want to be like addressing it head on mm-hmm. so an example with my daughter specifically that comes from me is that my daughter gets snappy <laughs> and she gets like a little bit like if she's stressed in any way or angry at me in any way she will she will use a very snappy tone like like but I don't need to do that right now you know or like whatever very sassy snappy so the first few times that she did it I just like take a second and I make a mental note like oh she just snapped at me and then I respond to it as if like nothing happened same thing like if she were to hit me the first time she hits me I'm just going to like take a mental note and then move on as if nothing happened and see if this is something that's like becoming a thing or if it's just like something that she just did one time and it's not a big deal. Right. And that's just something that I, I do. You don't have to do that. It's up to you, whatever, you know, but then I take this mental note and then I think like, how do I want to be addressing this? So I take that mental note and I'm like, Oh, she's starting to be like kind of snappy with me. And then what I do is I take that behavior and I, look inward and I see like why does that bother me so much with when she snaps at me as I think it would bother like any parent if your three-year-old is just like acting like they're just the queen of everything right and that you are below them and whatever or they're like treating you with disrespect all of that stuff right is in that snappy tone there's a lot that comes up so when I like walked it back and I was like okay what do I think is actually going on here? Why is it bothering me so much? I realized that it bothers me so much because I have a very snappy tone when I get frustrated. And so I was, it's mirroring back my behavior and I don't like to see my behavior that I don't like in myself mirrored back to me. Right. And so I see it in her and I'm like, Oh, it is really annoying when she snaps at me. It must be annoying for everyone else when I snap at them, but I can't stop it. And so how am I going to expect her to stop it, you know, without first figuring out how to stop it in me? Because a lot of times children are just reflecting back behaviors that we do or that they see other people in their life doing. And then we're like putting this enormous pressure on them and shame and guilt to make them change instead of saying like, well, why don't I just address my root issue and why I'm doing it? And then it will just like naturally change for them, you know? And so once my daughter was snappy a few times, I kind of decided like, okay, the way I'm going to respond to it is if she snaps at me, I'm just going to speak to her as if she did not snap at me. Right. Because the snapping is basically saying like, I'm stressed right now, or I'm angry at you right now. And so I am treating it as if she was saying I'm stressed or I'm angry. And so she'll be like, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll be like, it sounds like you're feeling hungry right now. Let's go get a snack. You know, if she demands food, I'll be like, oh, let's go get a snack. And then on our way to a snack, I can say, the way that you asked was not a very kind way to ask. Can you try redoing asking? But I would only do that for my child if she was within her window of tolerance, you know? And so that's where it's like starting to do this deep work of like, What's my window of tolerance? Am I in my window of tolerance? Can I address my child 
in a way that is going to be safe and healthy for them? Am I in a safe and healthy place to be parenting or am I parenting from a place of being triggered, which is not usually going to end well for me or my child, right? And is it really even going to get them to do the behavior I want? No, it rarely does. So it's just like doing all this deep work to figure out like, where's the actual root and not freaking out too fast because realizing a lot of it thing like childhood behaviors that you're going to have problems with are actually just rooted in things that you just generally have problems with, you know, and that's not going to change just because it, it occurred in a child. You know what I mean? I have a a question. Oh, thanks Tay for giving me the mic. I, yeah, I have a question. What if the trigger is, um, safety related? So a little like context, I have a two and a half year old son and a three month old daughter. I've noticed in the last few months, my son is yelling more when he wants something or when I'm telling him not to do something. I'm like, as I'm listening to you, Jessica, I'm thinking this is rooted in him seeing me do that. And I'm thinking of the times where I've like raised my voice at him. And I think majority of them have been like safety related things that he's done. So like an example, my bedroom's connected to my bathroom. Baby was on the bed and I poked my head around because they were in there, but I couldn't exactly see them the whole time. And he had a blanket holding it over her face like he was playing hide and seek. Yeah. For me, I'm like, okay, my newborn can suffocate when you're doing yeah, that. No, yeah, I'm going to intervene like right away. You yeah. Know? yeah. And so sure. like things like that where he's like sticking his finger right in her eye or like putting things in her mouth, you know. So I've had like reactions to things and I'm wondering how that fits in to like taking this, like if, if a healthy response is for me to come at this more calmly, Mm -hmm. like, is that like a suggested approach or because it's a safety concern, is it like, no, like a bigger reaction makes sense. I guess is my question. I, yeah. I mean, I think here's what I would say. This is my really good advice that does not translate to real life. Does that make sense? Like in real life, you're often just going to yell and be like, take that blanket off of her head right yeah. now. But if we want to do ideal, perfect parenting, which we would talk about on the podcast, because that's what we're here for. Right. Then what I would say is that you have a huge reaction internally And you're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And then you calm it down and you use calm, stern, clear language to tell your child what you want, right? And so that's when you would say, instead of yelling like, take that blanket up, you know, whatever. Like, what are you doing? A lot of times it's, what are you doing? Which is, Mm -hmm. I have learned, is not helpful at all. Right. Because it's... It's so demeaning. It's, it implies you're so stupid. Why would you ever do that? Which is not a kind thing to do to anyone. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like I say it more often to my husband than anyone else. That's, I feel like where I learned that maybe it's not the kindest thing to say. <laughs> Cause he's like, I just, I thought this was the right thing to do. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like trying to make you feel small, you know? So anyways, so what I would do is I would have a huge reaction internally and then translate that into very stern, clear language, which is, I need you to take that blanket off of the baby right now, or you just intervene and do it, you know, but then you talk to him sternly about what it is because when you yell, you're going to send him into a state of anxiety or anger or whatever. And then everything you say to him is not, it's not sticking anymore, right? His brain is not in a great place to be learning. And so you're really just like kicking yourself in the, what do you, what is it? You're shooting yourself in the foot. There we go. So you're shooting yourself in the foot, basically saying like, okay, I'm going to yell at him these really important safety instructions. And then I'm going to expect him to remember them the next time this safety concern comes up and he's not going to be able to remember it. And then even more than that, he's going to start yelling. And now I have to yell with the kid who is, I have to deal with a kid who's yelling more often, you know? And so that's where, you know, like, are you sometimes going to yell when a safety concern comes up? Yes, absolutely. But do you want to try and just say it very calmly, very sternly as often as possible now that you recognize it's a problem? Yes. If that makes sense. Cause you're basically saying, okay, here's his behavior. I'm tracing it back to the root. The root is me. And so what do I want to do about it? And if I say, you know what? It is called for. I am happy yelling in those moments, but he's not allowed to yell in those moments. Then I would be looking at, okay, when is he yelling and how do I teach him? Those are not the times to yell. These are the times to yell. Like, how do I teach him to differentiate? And if I can't differentiate, then I just have to deal with him yelling because how am I supposed to teach a child? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This is where you get into these really like complicated questions that you have to ask. Like, what can I expect of a child of this age, you know, mm-hmm. totally. But I remember totally. like, like I was having issues with the twins and Anna, um, when I was doing her hair in the morning and it became such an issue. And then one day I just like lost it and yelled at her. And that's when I realized I, why am I making this a fight? I need to do it differently, you know? And so it was like a timing issue. So I just like moved it to a different time even though the time we were doing it was more convenient, I moved it to a less convenient time where I would no longer yell at her because what happened is we were doing it at a time that was convenient for her, but it was not convenient for the babies who were screaming. And so then I was yelling at Anna because the babies needed me. And so it's things like that where you're like, okay, I can expect her to handle this, but I can't expect her to handle it if her mom is screaming at her, you know? And so that's where I take responsibility for, you know what? I need to do it at a different time and I can deal with the fallout of her. Like it truly was like being like, okay, she's going to be more defiant at this less convenient time for her, but I'm not going to be yelling at her. I am within my window of tolerance so I can help her handle those emotions So yeah, like she's more defiant doing her hair every day, but I am no longer losing my mind 
trying to get all three kids ready at the same time. You know, yeah. it's just like little things, little adjustments, little things like that, where you just really so much for me of parenting is noticing when something becomes a pattern being like, okay, I want to change this. And it's having a brainstorm session for me. It's often with my husband. What do we want to do about this new behavior that's popped up? Okay, let's do this about it. And like, we literally did this yesterday. Anna hit me three times yesterday. She has never once in her life hit me. And so last night I was like, okay, I noticed this today. We need to get on the same page. So we wrote out a script of things that we will say when she hits so that she knows it's not appropriate, but then we can recognize why it's happening, that kind of a thing. And so we're prepared. Now I know exactly what I want to say the next time she does it. Because when she just like hit me three times, I had no idea what to do. I was like, oh my gosh, obviously I like freaked out a little, like the first time I really freaked out. The second time I was like, okay, maybe I don't need to freak out. I'm just noticing. And then the third time I was like, okay, we need to do like, I need to figure out what I want to do about this, you know? And I think that that's, we get really afraid. Like if I don't handle it right the first time, they're going to start doing this always. Like she just hit me and I like let her hit me the second and third time. Cause I was like, I'll deal with this later, you know? And I think people would be like, but now she's always going to hit you. But today she didn't hit me, you know, but if she had, I would know what I want to do. So I think that we feel like this intense. And again, it's our stuff. We feel the need to parent, to intervene, to discipline the right way immediately so that things don't get out of control. But honestly, the way things get out of control is that we're not looking at why we're having these reactions and why our children are having these reactions and dealing with it in a very loving, logical way, realizing that some behaviors are just normal and are going to happen and are difficult. But then some things we really make worse by our own stuff. And then some things our kids just need X, Y, and Z help to deal with something, you know? So we can offer that help. And it's not that big of a deal after that, you know? I don't know. These are just things that I muse about late at night when I can't sleep. So I think our you've heard it, folks. Our resident, you know, mm-hmm. child therapist gave us some good gems today. So yeah. hopefully that helps. Luck out there. And if you have more questions about this, happy to you know, give more information. Definitely. Just reach out. We're available. So. All right. Best of luck parenting this week. (laughs) Sayonara. Go forth. (laughs) Go forth. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search ThoughtsPod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Bryich from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.